today we have Cindy L. joining us. Cindy is the founder and president of the Firefighter Cancer Foundation. The Firefighter Cancer Foundation was established in 2004 to provide international outreach, support, and resource assistance programs for firefighters and family members that are stricken by cancer. The foundation is creating state-of-the-art programs for cancer education, awareness, research, and prevention to ensure the quality of life and retirement of firefighters around the world. You're listening to First Responders Bridge, the podcast. All right, Cindy, thank you so very much for taking the time to come chat with us today. My pleasure. Happy to join you from beautiful Castleton, Vermont. Castleton, Vermont. Beautiful up there. I've, I've, uh, I've only seen pictures, but everything I've seen from that area is just gorgeous, especially this time of year. It is, and, and we've been pretty fortunate, even though we had a lot of rain earlier in the summer. Uh, it's been a, a really unusual fall for us color-wise. Not as many reds, but we've still had some some beautiful tree changes and actually unseasonably warm right now. So I'm enjoying it while I can. Oh, I love it. So as we dive in today, Cindy, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then provide a just a brief overview of the Firefighter Cancer Foundation and its mission? Sure. So I, uh, as, as a young girl, actually started with my interest in the fire service uh, here in Bennington, Vermont, just to the south of where I am now, uh, basically following my my Uncle Hank was my hero growing up. He was our the town engineer, uh, town fire chief, and he checked all the fire boxes on the old pull box system. So I had the old box system memorized. When someone ran to the street corner and pulled the box, my parents wondered what is wrong with our daughter because she goes running out the door and runs to a street corner to see what the emergency is. And that was my fascination as a, as a child. And then fast forward to adulthood, I switched from criminal justice studies and working as a private investigator to fire science and realized that I, you know, refound that, that love of the fire service and emergency medical services. And back in, uh, 88, went through fire school in Anarillo County, Maryland. Not long after, found out we were exposed to ultra-hazardous chemicals at our training academy. And so the PI kicked back in, started doing research. And at that point, we didn't have the internet. It was old school. You know, go to the library, microfish, phone calls. I got involved with the IFF and the local and health and safety. And it wasn't too long before I realized we went from 25 cases of firefighter cancer to 50 cases. And then it grew. And then it affected 10 area fire departments in the DC metro area. We'd opened Pandora's box and and realized our training academy had received ultra hazardous levels of PCBs in donated used transformer oil for live fire training and free disposal. So as those cancer numbers build, I realized when these people need a voice, um, we need to organize. And at that point I had been retired after two neck surgeries, courtesy of the job. And I thought, well, I have all these skills. Uh, Might as well go to work for the people that I care about and give them a voice. And at that time, the only book that even remotely applied was Nonprofit for Dummies. And it didn't take long before that got thrown out the window. And this has literally been a right-as-we-go program. Wow. And and 
one thing that I, I love about this organization is it just brings awareness, you know, to the the many health risks of that of being a firefighter, right? And again, immediately I think of I think of nine eleven and all all the things that happened to the um, especially the firefighters as a result, right? Um, including cancer. Could you explain why cancer is a significant concern within the firefighter community? Sure. Uh, and this is a, it's kind of like a big onion with a lot of layers to peel back. Mm. Prior to 9-11, we were already looking at the cancer rates for FDNY and major metropolitan departments and the building materials and the chemicals and the latencies of those chemicals and trying to figure out, you know, what do we have to do to get basically chemistry and science to catch up with all these questions that are in our minds, knowing we have a problem, but we can't prove it yet. And 20 years ago, I was told over and over, you'll never prove that firefighter cancer is related to fire smoke and the products of what we do and what we're exposed to. And look at where we are now. Uh, 9-11 has offered us some lessons that are pretty extraordinary with regards to chemical profiles that we pray we never see again and exposures to levels that, that we really hope we never see again in that scenario and, and people, unfortunately, still dying at extraordinary rates of, of diseases directly related to the chemicals they've been exposed to, not lifestyle, which is a huge difference for firefighters. When you look at firefighters often diagnosed with more than one primary cell cancer, that's not how they're living. It's the job. It's what they're exposed to in the job. So that's a huge difference from the general public and, and what we see in U.S. cancer numbers and trends. Now, are there any types of cancers that are more prevalent among firefighters uh, than others? Yeah, in studying the the fire investigators, we've seen glioblastoma and the brain cancers uh, with uh, pretty quick and, and aggressive presentations. We're seeing an increase in thyroid cancer across the board and in younger firefighters even. We're seeing an increase in the blood cancers with shorter latencies of exposures. You know, 10 years ago, it was it was thought that five to seven years of exposure to the chemicals of, of fire smoke and, and the job could bring on a blood cancer. Now we're looking at three to five years. So a lot of these chemical latencies are actually shortening as our exposures are becoming worse. And we're having to get really creative with how to better protect ourselves and reduce those exposures. Um, also, the, the gastric cancers are increasing Colon cancer continues to increase, even though in in some national places it's decreasing for general population. It's really not for the fire service. I do have some brighter points I'll share with you later on, though. So it's not all grim and and <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and bad, but unfortunately that that's our reality. And um, with these these cancers that are more prevalent, uh, they typically will present. In, in faster form, so firefighter may have a physical, they think they've had an adequate physical, and yet six months to a year later, they have a stage three or stage four cancer present that's missed during the normal generic physical process of, of what we've been receiving. Now, what are, um, what are some of the more common causes, I guess, and, and risk factors associated with cancer among firefighters? And I know you said smoke is a big one, but what are some of the other, you know, chemicals that they may be exposed to or such that might contribute to that? So diesel exhaust, uh, 20 years ago, was the one common denominator chemical that I found basically everyone in the fire service is exposed to. Wow. doesn't matter where you are, how you serve career volunteers. If you're driving fire equipment, you were driving some sort of diesel apparatus. 
And it wasn't until in recent years that we even started adding the the protective equipment for uh, exhaust and, and diesel exhaust removal from fire stations. And we still have way too many departments that don't have that diesel exhaust removal. And, and that is actually attributed to several cancers. Uh, in addition, we have mold in fire stations. Mold attacks the immune system and makes it more difficult for the body to cleanse itself and creates more inflammation in the system. So before a firefighter even responds to a call, they're, they're dealing with diesel exhaust and potentially mold, which is in many of our fire stations across the country, something that's going to inhibit how their body can respond and, and decontaminate from the inside out. It's crazy, t- uh, too, just how many you know, as you state these things, just how many different types or how many different things you can be exposed to. Um, mm-hmm. Like diesel is one that I i mean, people around it all the time, but you wouldn't even think that, oh, that's a really high, like you're just naturally around it. So it's not something that my brain immediately goes to, oh, this would cause cancer, you know? Well, every every day or every shift or every opportunity that, that a person steps in a fire station, uh, whether it's active duty or as a volunteer or even an auxiliary status, they really should be considering documenting their exposures. Mm. And that exposure tracking is so important, especially when you're looking at days, months, years of exposure and and how many hours that really equates to in totality. That was one of the lessons we actually learned from 9-11. And and the folks in order to qualify for 9-11 benefits have had to prove and show they had X number of hours of exposure to certain aspects of of chemicals and what was... uh, you know, whether the World Trade Center or even at the Pentagon. So what are some practical steps or, or strategies that you would recommend mm-hmm. um, to reduce those cancer risks? Is documenting um, exposure something that's that's gaining traction now, or is that is that still fairly rare? It's it's building. We're still not there yet. Uh, we, we need more folks to really take the exposure tracking seriously. We, we now have a variety of both electronic platforms that work with your dispatch systems to uh, even apps for your phone, or it could be old school. You could literally just write in a notebook or on a calendar every day that you're on duty or every day that you're in a firehouse serving, documenting, hey, I've been exposed to diesel exhaust or I've been exposed to fire smoke that day uh, or anything that is somewhat out of the ordinary or a unique call or just something that you think you're going to have to go back to try to remember someday in the future, not knowing when. Uh, that's that's one of the challenges when we become sick is then having to backtrack and try to prove all of this and find that evidence. The other thing is again going back to the firefighter physicals. We we know now that you know the body is very challenged in processing all these chemicals out from the inside, and everyone's DNA is different and their body chemistry is different, and so going beyond just a basic physical to more of a firefighter enhanced physical is really becoming more critical for survival of what we do. And that includes extended blood work, thyroid checks, liver function, kidney function, nuanced things that are changes that we can pick up early that we're missing in a lot of these folks. And if we pick them up early, then we can make lifestyle changes, nutrition changes. Uh, changes in how we're exposed and how we decontaminate and how we detoxify our bodies. So things that we can control and we can change maybe before we have a cancer. And I love how something so simple, like you said, of just documenting those exposures, it can really help in keeping track of maybe helping to, you know, just monitor your body more and to say, okay, 
what am I noticing about myself? Am I noticing that I don't feel right any certain time? Just that can build so much more self-awareness and in, in tracking those sort of things, right? When to get checked out, when to, when to see, okay, maybe I need to go talk to, talk to my doctor, you know? Yeah, we, sh- we should be keeping really three years of blood work, three years of information on those medical exams so that we can look at trending. Because a lot of times it's not uncommon now for a, a doctor to change. You, you may have a general practitioner and then the next year, maybe that doctor is gone or your healthcare has changed and you're having to change practices. Or if you're having to go to a different medical group for whatever reason, uh, and then taking those, those physicals, if you're, if you're lucky, to have, lucky enough to have a department that does physicals, you want that information absolutely shared with your, your home doc, your home general practitioner, because that's the captain of your medical team. And again, make sure they're seeing that three years of trending because that's where we're finding the minutia is missed. So simple things that we can do that really don't cost me money, but really can save your life. So if I'm a firefighter chief or, you know, somebody who's higher up in a, in in leadership in a fire department, what can, what can they do to help reduce, reduce the risks of cancer for their employees? So the, the first step, and it doesn't cost anything from budgetary standpoint is have the discussion. Mm. And I mean, have it more often than once a year or around nine 11 or a single training at the training Academy. When you have a new recruit class coming through, we need to be talking about this literally every month. There should be some sort of training that relates to how we're working, what we're exposed to, how we can better protect ourselves, troubleshooting how we're doing what we're doing because every department's SOPs are different. Every region is different in what they're exposed to, how they operate, their climate. You know, are you at sea level? Are you at, uh, you know, a mountain range? Do you have high humidity? Do you have dry climate? All these things impact our bodies and our minds as well. Uh, So in addition to talking about this and taking advantage of those wonderful times around the coffee table and uh, in the kitchen, um, you know, talk about, again, checking in with each other. Because we learned from 9-11 that a lot of these diseases start with the brain. You have a traumatic uh, incident as far as with the brain and your your mind then is not going to be able to control your body chemicals the way it would before. And as a result of that, now your body functions are off. Now, we saw with our 9-11 folks, it started with the 9-11 cough, then it went to GERD, then from GERD, it went into other medical conditions, and then it went into cancer. You know, that, that wasn't a coincidence. We, we learned a lot about the bodies by looking at that extreme scenario, uh, but we still have a lot more to learn. But having those conversations from the top down and from the bottom up in these departments is so important. And we need to have it not only at the training academy when we have folks coming as recruits, but every time we have folks going back for training, there should be some sort of a health piece, uh, whether it's about mental health, physical health, lifestyle health. You know, there's plenty to talk about, and it's without judgment. And, and again, just uh, keeping people thinking and thinking outside the box. You know, I love the amount of um, just awareness that the the Firefighter Cancer Foundation just helps to bring for, you know, first responder wellness um, as a whole. It's just, it's so encouraging that to see all that's, you know, coming from this. So is there other organizations that you help collaborate with or to help further the foundation's goals? 
Yeah, we um, we view firefighter cancer and associated occupational diseases with a really broad lens mm. of many contributing factors. So this really lends for a tremendous opportunity now to find new adaptive technologies and processes to reduce the toxic exposures, reduce our chances of a cancer diagnosis. We remain open to working with any individual or organization that is both ethical and transparent in their desire to work with our industry. Since our inception, we continue to work with and support research from the university level to National Cancer Institute hospital centers, and that's in the U.S. alone. In addition, our work with CDC, NIOSH, EPA, NFPA, FSRUL, NC State, Notre Dame, Teeks, and more, I can keep going, uh, University of Miami, um, and others uh, have all shared uh, internationally both information with our, our chapter in Australia, and then we've also shared with other international focus groups that we've developed. And then we have some really exciting expansion that's going to be coming for uh, 2024. So uh, along with an increase in our bilingual opportunities and bilingual work that we'll be doing. That's so encouraging to see so many organizations, you know, and that are that are ready and available to to help bring an end to first responder cancer. Um, so th- that's so encouraging to see all those partnerships that are happening. Thank you, Cindy. What is the long term vision for the Firefighter Cancer Foundation? So we really seek uh, to nurture more researchers and experts to address the knowledge and the technologies that we need. We we have a huge shopping list of problems that we still need to solve. And I feel like we've only just scratched the surface with the level of awareness that we have now. You know, we we know cancer is here. We know it's not going away. We know it's an issue, but how do we solve it? So we're looking for tomorrow's solutions for today's problems. That's that's really our new tagline as we've transitioned now over 19 years of service, which is still mind-boggling to me, uh, and 34 years for myself for tracking all of this. And we're continuing to build new research teams now, and we're seeking folks to engage, especially those with hazmat, chemistry, epidemiology, toxicology interest. Uh, We want the young fire service members with a desire to survive 30 years, and they should be able to survive 30 years of toxic exposures and lifestyle challenges. Um, So we want folks of of all different um, aspects of skill sets and desire really to continue to enjoy the fire service, but there's so much more that needs to be studied. We're super excited that we're going to be teaming up with Curio, which is a cutting edge technology company to bring something extraordinary to the firefighting community. We, in the next two months, are going to be leveraging AI and we're partnering to launch new ways to support firefighters' unique needs as they navigate the challenges of cancer so stay tuned. We have wow. a lot more to share on that coming. We're, we're super psyched. How exciting is that? Wow. That's awesome. It, it, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. If you told me even five years ago, I would have said, no way. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I, I have an amazing team, and, and this is a team effort. And uh, we, we've broken our team now down into uh, three main divisions. So we have our research and technology division led by Webb Marshall. And uh, Webb is just one of the up and comers in the fire service. He's brilliant when it comes to gear design, gear improvements, um, textiles, exposures, you name it. Uh, he's he's a working, living firefighter, paramedic, fire instructor, you, you name it. And I'm 
just so blessed that he is part of our effort and really a visionary in where we're going next. Chris Foley is our secretary, and Chris is heading up our behavioral health arm. He's just been appointed to one of the national uh, suicide hotline groups, and he's been working really diligently for several years now, building a really great repertoire of behavioral health uh, advocacy. And he serves as a direct advocate for several of the uh, suicide hotlines in the country right now, and then heads up our lifestyle. So nutrition, exercise, uh, hydration, all of that is all his wheelhouse. And then I'm taking, in addition to kind of being the air traffic controller, uh, I'm looking at work comp, the cellular methylation of cancer, cellular health, uh, blood biomarker research, you name it, all kind of the medical, if you will, in the middle. And, um, you know, we're just continuing to bring folks on that, again, are the new younger brains so we can mentor them up through and, and continue to bring on our next generation. That's awesome. Just to see that continued progress from, again, where you guys started just to that that drastic growth that you've had is just so inspiring. So Cindy, as we, uh, absolutely, as we conclude here, what message or advice would you like to share with our listeners, you know, especially for our firefighters or firefighters who may have a connection with cancer? So, you know, first and foremost, really live each day as best you can live each day well, both on and off duty. You know, not every day is going to be a good day, but if you surround yourself with strong, successful folks, find a good mentor or two um, so that you have that guidance when you're having a tough day or when you're having a good day. You've got great people with you to share it and, and folks that are going to appreciate who you are and what you want to achieve, both on duty and off duty during this career, because it really is a lifestyle. And now that we've come to realize that, there's always more room for, for learning and to create growth, really, from the greatest challenges that you experience. Cindy, can you provide your website so that people can learn more about your mission? Sure. Uh, and we have a lot of new stuff getting loaded on there right now. Uh, it is www.ffcancer.org. So that's FF as in firefighter, cancer.org. And we are a 501c3 charity, and uh, uh, we're getting ready to go into our 20th year of operation. So just happy to be here and and super excited, not only this opportunity to talk to you guys tonight, but where we're going in the future. So thank you. What a privilege. Thank you so much, Cindy, for taking the time to talk with us this evening. Our pleasure. You guys take care and stay well. Absolutely. Guys, as we finish up tonight, I want to do our praise of the day today, which is out of uh, Yonkers, New York, where Yonkers police officers Michael Heath and Sandro Vasquez are being recognized for saving a man when he attempted to jump off an overpass. They were able to help him uh, mid-leap. They grabbed him and, and brought him back over on the overpass and bring him back to safety. Yonkers Mayor Mike Spano said, I applaud our skilled officers who stepped in with precision. So very job well done to both those officers who helped to save a life. So great job there. And Cindy, thank you again one more time. And guys, check out ffcancer.org to learn um, more about this great organization, the Firefighter Cancer Foundation. Our pleasure. Thanks so much for having me this evening. We will see you all next time on First Responders Bridge, the podcast. Thank you.